Are you listening? Did you hear it? It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. You've heard of this? Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Dear God, here we go. Dave Grohl has a new book out. Mm-hmm. I say new book. I don't know that he's ever written a book. This might be his first book. I have no idea. I think this is his first book. Yeah. So it's it's not his. So it's not really his new book. He just it's his book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like his book is out. It's called The Storyteller, and it's about his life in rock and roll, which is very interesting when you think about like his beginnings. He was really young when he got into Nirvana and the way he went from Nirvana to the Foo Fighters. And, you know, a million things happen with Kurt Cobain. Like he has great stories about back in the day and now he can talk about it all. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I would say go get his book, except for the fact that he's out there telling all these stories. So we're just going to keep you abreast of the different stories. We'll we'll save you a few bucks on the book. You don't have to buy it now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you should actually buy it because he probably gets more in-depth on the book than he is in the couple of minutes that he has interviews set up. Oh, he doesn't need more money. Screw him. Uh, (laughs) He's probably the nicest guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> if there's that's one true. guy that uh, that deserves money for a book, <laughs> it's Dave Grohl. Go buy. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's the nicest guy. Yeah, fine, but he's still a, a millionaire, a multimillionaire, and, and you know we're not. Anyway, so the story he told this week, he's been telling. It's been coming out little by little, different stories. So the one he told this week, he starts talking about. I'm going to play the video of it or the audio of it, so you can actually hear him speaking but he's talking about how when fans approach him backstage for like a meet and greet or if he runs into fans they always want selfies and it's not that he minds that he would rather have an experience than a selfie like let's have an experience together rather than just hi Dave Grohl let's take a picture like he wants to have a conversation or you know like an interaction a real interaction Mm -hmm. and he didn't really understand fans just wanting photos until he ended up on an impromptu dinner with Paul McCartney and his wife and then a band that he idolized as a kid. So you got to hear him tell the story of how it turned into like it was supposed to be a small dinner that turned into like this amazing story. Asked to present an award at the Grammys, not to perform, just to present. And I kind of hate those after parties where it's like, music industry and people wanting selfies and stuff. I was just like, right, hey, man, let's just, let's just go have a dinner. Mm. So I called Pat, our guitarist and our drummer Taylor. And I said, Hey, why don't we like get the wives Pat and, we'll and Taylor Hawkins. Nice restaurant. So we book a table. Paul McCartney was coming into town. And when he comes to Los Angeles, we usually say hello and have a dinner. And his wife texted my wife and said, what are you doing after the Grammys? She said, well, we're just going to go to this restaurant. And Nancy said, well, do you mind if we tag along? So my wife texts me and she says, hey, do you mind if Paul and Nancy come to dinner? I'm like, no. Paul McCartney. <laughs> you crash our dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. They... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, this is like, you know, I my boyfriend and I had dinner plans with um, a friend of his and the friend called and said, hey, my cousin's in town. Can he join us? Like, you know, then you go, yeah, sure. Bring your cousin. I mean, this is Paul McCartney. Like, can Paul McCartney and I come to dinner with you? Yeah. Uh, Paul, yeah. Paul and, and his wife. Can Paul and Nancy. his wife. Yeah. Paul and Nancy <laughs> want to come. Not Paul McCartney and his wife, Nancy. Just Paul and Nancy. Yeah. No, that'll be great. This will be fun. So now we've got four couples. Then Paul bumps into. Can you imagine being the server? 
walking up to that table going, I'm going to get a huge tip off of this table. I better get a huge tip off this table. So now we've got four couples. Then Paul bumps into ACDC in the lobby of the hotel or in the gym or something like that. It just happened to be ACDC with Paul McCartney at the hotel. Can you imagine like being at that hotel? Like you're you're the person who's in charge of cleaning the gym, or you're like the you know the gym manager, and you walk into the gym, and there's Paul McCartney and ACDC, and you're like, yeah, this is my life. Yeah, can you imagine describing that to your to your <laughs> husband or wife? <laughs> You'll never guess who I saw today. Who? Paul McCartney? No, you did not. You know who he was with? Who? Is this Santa Claus? No, ACDC. <laughs> And then Dave Grohl walked in. Now, shut up. Now, the guy from Nirvana and the Foo Fighters. And they say, well, what are you doing after the show? Because ACDC was performing. Paul said, well, we're going to dinner with Foo Fighters, guys. You want to come? So then I get a text from my wife. She says, hey, do you mind if ACDC comes to dinner? Now, this was huge. <laughs> I really was a huge ACDC fan when I was young. And the thing about ACDC is you never see them unless they're on stage. That's mm-hmm. true. Like you see them walking. You, you don't see them in the wild. No. In the carpet at a movie premiere. It's like the only time you see them, there's like walls of amplifiers and cannons. And yeah, you got to pay to see them. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to see them in the flesh, offstage, uh, in the wild, I was like, this is hey, going to be amazing. that's what you said. It blew my mind. It was <laughs> such a huge deal. I was I was a huge fan and really influenced by them when I was young. They had a tour film called Let There Be Rock, and this is the first time I saw a rock and roll band with like no frills, just a few lights on stage. Mm-hmm. Then my friend Ben Jaffe from the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, which is a New Orleans swing band, um, legendary, says, "What are you doing after the show?" I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" No, <laughs> this is getting insane. The, the, the one night the band that is a legendary <laughs> jazz band, you can't come to dinner. I already, I already have enough. McCarthy and ACDC, you got to come. And he says, well, can I bring the whole band with me? There's like 10 of these guys. You know, <laughs> oh they march God. like a marching band down streets, like in a parade, you know. My wedding wasn't this big. It's, a, it's my favorite type of music. I love New Orleans jazz. This always happens in the music business, though. You, you you have to understand the music business and dinners. Everybody comes. Oh. And the reason why everybody comes is because they don't want to pay and they right. don't want to eat alone. <laughs> so a small dinner will end up being, you know, uh, this person, then they bring this person and then Kid Rock shows up and then it, it just he brings so, an entourage. It, it, and, yeah. it gets mm-hmm. out of control. It's, I love right. it so much. So um, I said, well, let me see if I can get a bigger table. And I booked the back room. <laughs> and he said, if you want, we'll march down the street through the restaurant and into the room playing. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This is exactly what I want. I want to do a low-key dinner. <laughs> now you're doing a marching band. I was like, this is going to be the greatest night of my life. So we kept it a secret. We didn't tell anyone. And we're all hanging out in this back room with ACDC and Paul. Nobody and wants Sosa. this surprise. Yeah. And then, and then you could hear the music coming down the street. Is this every night for dinner for him? Can he just not eat dinner I don't know, in a car. <laughs> you could hear it. It's, it's not even loud, that. It's dude. like if you're I mean, Paul McCartney, you're used to people running up to you and talking to you and saying things. You just want like a low key dinner with your friends. And you're like, OK, I'm just bringing ACDC because they're my friends and the Foo Fighters because they're also famous. And now an entire marching band is showing up and calling attention to the room and the table because they're going to 
band march their way in. It's tubas and trombones and trumpets and <laughs> oh, yeah. bass drums coming through no. the restaurant into the room and everybody's face is just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> and, uh, and I got to swing dance with ACDC. It was insane. I mean, by the end of the night, I, I honestly, you know, as with a lot of the stories in this book, I just think like, I can't, this, this must be happening to someone else. It's like having an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I can't believe this is my life. This is happening to me because I surely don't consider myself in the like lofty godlike ranks or status of he is, Paul or ACDC. I still feel like a kid on my bedroom floor. But here I am, like, you know, getting high with the New Orleans jazz band and drinking whiskeys with ACDC while, you know, Paul's dancing behind me. It's like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) It never grows old. You're just like, I can't fucking believe it. It's great. Yeah, I can't imagine the stories that he has because I have those stories about being at a dinner than everybody. And so I can only imagine if you're on his level, the people that have showed up to a dinner that you're not expecting. So I can imagine what's in that book. Well, he's also privy to the real stories because he is considered one of the insiders. You know, he's not just, you know, some guy who worked for a record label or the manager or somebody that everybody tries to be on their best behavior in front of. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there hanging out with Kurt Cobain and he's there hanging. He's I'm sure he's a lot of crazy stories about a lot of stuff that's happened, not just on tour, but even just like privately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the book should be interesting. I'm I'm going to read it. I wonder if he reads it to us or, or if there's a, you know, somebody else that reads it because I want to know, I I don't want a random person reading his book. I want him reading his book and I wonder if there's Um, an audio book of it already. Oh, there's definitely an audio book. Everything has an audio book now. Yeah. So let's see. Like the same Um, time the book comes out, the audio book comes out. um, Only for people like him. Um, you know, if, if you remember, my book came out and then like um, three months later, the audiobook came out because nobody cared. Oh, you're going to love this. Narrated by David Grohl. He's going to tell his own nice. stories. Yeah. And what they do usually when it's a book like this, they try not to make them read. They try to make them just tell their stories. So that's the only thing that's going to be tough. Um, oh, I mean, so you I guess can't you could- follow it word for word by with the book. Well, I, well that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Like, OK, so. Amy Schumer read her own book and I love Amy Schumer. I thought I thought she's interesting. I think her comedy's great. She was terrible because she was actually reading her own book rather than just talking to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it's going to be Dave Grohl telling stories. I mean, you can go to Amazon right now and go to the Audible page and you can sample it. Like, well, you know, Do that right now. Sample it and let's see if Dave Grohl is reading his book to us and going down each page. Oh, and no, then... he, I, I, he would never do that. Well, no, it's not that. It's it's the fact that, you know, like Keith Richards' book, Johnny Depp had to do it because Keith Richards, you know, he couldn't follow his own thoughts. <laughs> so Johnny Depp had to step in and read like half the book. Yeah, Dave Grohl's a little different, though. If you leave a Pelham Blue Gibson Trini Lopez guitar in the case for 50 years... It'll look like it was just delivered from the factory. But if you take it in your hands, show it to the sun, let it breathe, sweat on it, and fucking play it, over time, the finish will turn a unique shade. All right. So, so no, that's not very good. No, he's, yeah, he's reading. No, no, he's, 
No, he's reading each instrument to you. ages entirely differently. To me, that is beauty. Not the gleam. No, I think no, that's I don't good. want that. No, let me tell you. Something. Okay, so when they did the the book on the uh, Golden State Killer and Paul Hole's book, because he's the one that he's actually the detective that uncovered that actually ended up finding the Golden State Killer. He put out a book about it, but instead of instead of reading his book, he made the book more like a podcast where he literally just told stories. So if you read the book, it was probably a little different than the podcast because he podcasted the book. Mm -hmm. So it's him being interviewed and telling stories. And and then there's audio where he's like, you know, here's the interview and he plays a little bit of the actual interview. And then he has like somebody else come in and, and says, you know, this was the forensic guy. And, you know, here's what he had to say. And so it, it it reads like a podcast and it's much more interesting. I don't want to hear Dave Grohl reading his book to me. I'd rather just get it and read it to myself. Hmm. No, I, I kind of like that. All right, now let's try this book and see how it... Relatable language that got him elected. In fact, Newsweek reported that as of June 17th, 2019, the president had used the words loser in 234 tweets, dumb in 222 <laughs> tweets, and stupid in 183 tweets. Name that book. Sounds familiar. Yeah, that's called cel celebritocracy. <laughs> some of his more notable Twitter moments. Who wrote that book? I wrote the book, but I didn't read it. That's a professional reader. That's Terry Schneebaum. Or Schne Schne Remember we had her on the show? I forget her last Schnaubelt. name. Schnaubelt. Somehow, that's by it. turning presidential politics into a character-driven version of the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment Corporation, Trump has turned political tweeting into an art form. Why does her microphone sound bad? I think that's just the audio book. Audio? Um, no, 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 that's not the audio because I, I have a copy of the book downloaded. It sounds fantastic. That, for some reason, is just on the Amazon page. It doesn't sound great. Oh. And a completely unexpected policy platform. Donald Trump, as the ultimate celebrity, had others following suit. $17. Seldom heard from A and B. That's listers. how much the audiobook is. Seventeen forty nine for the audiobook. For the audiobook, it's a lot of money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's I wonder crazy. How, much, how, how much Dave Grohl's book is. Hold on. Well, you yeah, can how get much it for is his audiobook? You can get it for well, zero. Well, yeah. If you have, I have Audible, oh, so I can just use it. So it's yeah, twice the price of yours. Right. It's also twice the size of mine. Mine's less pages. <sighs> Yeah, and mine's less famous. So Eddie Van Halen's book is thirty bucks. See, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Mine's a bargain, seventeen dollars. <laughs> you should go get download Celebritocracy. It's quite good. It's actually I don't know why they focused on that one. I literally wrote about Trump in two paragraphs, and for some reason that's what they have up there. Maybe they thought that would sell it. But um, the book is about all different celebrities, and since you brought it up, and um, charities that they are involved with, and how it all went sideways mm -hmm. how you know like why george clooney why he stepped away from darfur what really happened there uh robin wright when she got involved with um conflict minerals and how what a mess that was and just a lot of stories about you know like live aid why that was a actually a disaster so there's a lot of really great stories of all the money you gave to all these different charities over the years from the 90s until today and how your money's being misappropriated um, because a celebrity is attached to it. And then this chapter is about Kim Kardashian. And then this chapter is about um, why Gwyneth Paltrow was a shyster. There's some there's a lot of positives out there. There's a lot of celebrities that I do love. And if you're going to spend money, here's who you should follow. 
But then there's a lot of how celebrities messed us, messed us up. <laughs> and here's another book that I, I'm interested in how this is read. More satisfaction at the time and still. I found a reliable theme. So I packed up those journals and took a one-way ticket to solitary. All right, all right, all right. Terry can find I know. That's McConaughey. Where I began. And <laughs> writing his own book. What you hear now. An album, a record, a story of my life so far. Well, he's an actor. So, <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Actors do a really good job of reading their books. Dave Grohl is not an actor. That's the problem. Actors know how to take a script and, and bring life to it. Oh, yeah, Things I witnessed, too, dreamed, yeah. chased, gave, and received. Truth bombs that interrupted my space and time in ways I could not ignore. Well, and he's probably one of our best actors ever. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Contracts I have made with myself, many of which I live up to, most of which I still pursue. Hmm. So 28 yeah. bucks for that. So still, celebritocracy is a, is a bargain. It's your best deal. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, your, there's your Christmas gift for everybody right there. Can you just send somebody a link from Audible? Like, here, I bought you a book. Here's the yeah, link to course. it. Okay. Yeah, sure. So you can gift your book. Yes. That is why God invented the scam. The Cooper and Anthony Show. So remember the beginning of the pandemic when New York really had it bad? Like, New York was the epicenter. So all these New Yorkers were fleeing. And that became the big story about, like, New Yorkers that were like, I'm out of here. I'm out of New York. And we were all working from home. And people started realizing how small their apartments were when they and their significant other both had to be in their little tiny space working, living. It was like, you know, too much. Mm -hmm. So there was this there was this big exodus a couple of months into the pandemic where people started fleeing to um, everywhere, like upstate New York, a little bit Long Island, but mostly like upstate New York and Connecticut and other other states. Colorado, for some reason, was a big target of of New Yorkers because pot's illegal there. Yes, yes, yes. That has <laughs> to be. That's the reason. Probably why. Right yeah, there. makes perfect sense. Um, and then all these articles are being written about New Yorkers fleeing and how many of them were. And people were saying, oh, yeah, my building, we had 18 people on our floor alone who all moved out. So everyone had stories about like empty apartments and people fleeing and the rents were going crazy because, you know, nobody was paying them and, you know, rents were going down because they were trying to get people in and and all that kind of stuff. So here we are about 18 months later after the big exodus and the New York Post decides to profile a bunch of couples who they knew were leaving, you know, the original couples, you know. So how's it going? How mm-hmm. is it in Colorado and Pennsylvania and are upstate you happy New York? You moved? Right. Um it seems to be a disaster all around. Oh no. Because yeah, cuz what you have here, here's the difference. New York is one of those cities that when you look at New York, you're like, wow, people come from all over the country to New York. The reason why they come from all over the country to New York is because they want to live the New York life. You know, they're not country. You might have been born in Peoria, but, you know, you don't belong there. You don't want to live on a farm. You don't want to work with cattle. You don't want to be in a small town. You want to be in New York where you're going to be in a building and there's doormen and a super someone to do all your stuff for you mm-hmm. and it's amazing how quickly you get spoiled being a new yorker regardless of where you're from so this one couple that went to colorado they bought a house on lots of property like just this beautiful big piece of land for very little money you know that they are now referring to the little shop of horrors on the prairie oh no yeah when they got there the house the floors were a mess they were like 
holes in the floor. So they had to take the floors up, but they didn't realize like once you take a floor up, you got to put it back down. So they were doing this all on their own and they had planks. They were living for months with just like walking from room to room on a plank. Mm -hmm. Okay. They had built a shed outside and they were building gardens and they were doing like a vegetable garden and all that stuff and a clothesline and washing their clothes and hanging it up to dry. They didn't take into account that where they were living had so much wind and wind gusts. They said it was like being on a sailboat in a hurricane. We were trying to (laughs) batten down the hatches. They said they'd wake up in the morning and the entire garden would be like on the other side of the the farm Mm -hmm. or the shed would be completely turned over, you know, or it was just they said it was just like every day there was something brand new because they were New Yorkers. They didn't know what to do or, or how to how to farm, you know, how to country. So that's one couple. Then there was another couple who they didn't want to be confined to the tiny apartments like everybody else. They were living in Brooklyn. So they went to Pennsylvania. They went to the Catskills and they bought a very nice house that had this leak And they're like, ah, it's a leak. It's a pipe. We'll be fine. And the pipe leak ended up being all old pipes. It leaked throughout all the walls that they had to take all the walls out. And in the post, they have pictures of them living in this house. And it's all just beams. Mm -hmm. The wall, the walls are gone. Um, They had to replace the roof. And a year later, all this work is still going on because it's very expensive even there. And finally, another couple who inherited a farmhouse upstate New York in 2017 had been renting it out as an Airbnb. And that's how they were making a lot of their money. COVID happens. No one's going to Airbnb. Nobody can come to New York, even upstate, you know. And they also, one lost their job, one was working from home. And they said, listen, we got to get rid of our apartment. We got to go move up to this farmhouse. They said they didn't even know how to change a toilet seat. They knew nothing about country living. They saw these really pretty birds. So they put up this, all these bird feeders, but they didn't realize that bird feeders also attract mice, rats, raccoon, raccoons, squirrels, and mm. bears. Okay. They were growing strawberries, which keep getting stolen. And they thought it was the neighbors. They, so they put up all these cameras. It was possum. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you put things out in the country. Uh, varmints eat it. Well, you know that because you've been living in the country for so long. You're a country guy. But if you do stay in New York, the New York Post is bitching about how to survive New York City. It says the city that never sleeps because it don't shut up. That hasn't changed. That, that's that's <laughs> oh, it's been New York City since the dawn of New York City time. Why? Why is it? What's different now? I so can believe it because every time we do this show, there are sirens in the background. Always. Well, it's unfair for you to say that. I happen to live near a hospital. I, ne- I actually live in between two hospitals. So where I live is particularly sireny. Half of New York City barely gets six hours of shut eye a night. That's their problem. I, I Not me. I get eight hours. No problem. There was a neighbor who was in a big building who played Vanessa Carlton's Thousand Miles on a loop nonstop during lockdown drove the neighbors insane. Well, that's why you either have a super or somebody, or you can call three one one, make a noise complaint. I mean, there's things you can do. You don't have to put up with that. I love that the New York post is recommending like sleep earbuds 
from Bose. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to live in New York, you should actually invest in these sleep AirPods. Another one is a Dream Pad, which gives you soothing vibrations. It's honor. We'll say that if, if that neighbor bucks. was playing Harry Styles over and over, I would have had no problem not with that. I think it's a no, not I think, on a loop. No, I think it's the fact that it was Vanessa Carlton and nobody really enjoys her music anymore. I think it's because people are at home and they didn't realize all the noise that goes on in their buildings. Because normally they'd wake up in the morning, they go to work, they come back, and everyone's you know gone for the everyone's back from their day also, hmm. and they're ready to eat dinner and go to bed or watch TV or whatever they do at night. You know, go to the gym, like whatever you do. People don't realize all the noise that goes on all day long. And if people are home and they're all working from home and and everybody's home, I think you get a sense of how noisy. I mean, my building, the issue is that during COVID, when everybody was home and it was total lockdown, they actually let people do construction. So we'd all be home working and there'd be some idiot drilling for like six hours. I know. How do you allow that during the pe- beginning of the pandemic? That was not cool. That was not okay. See, when I first moved into my first brick home, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it till I think it was that Saturday morning. I woke up and it was storming outside and I couldn't hear jack shit. It was <laughs> the quietest <laughs> night of my life. I'm like, this is the greatest thing. It's my own house, no neighbors. And it's made of brick and it's built right. Wow. You can't hear anything. And then I, I can't, I can't, if it's that quiet, I definitely can't sleep. It's you too would go creepy. Out of your, it's like those rooms that are completely noise proof and the people uh-huh. go insane in there. That's what you would do in a brick home in the country. It would feel like solitary confinement. Like, what did I do? Why am I here? Cause you don't even hear it. No, it just goes right. Past. I mean, even when we're doing this, you can't hear it. You're like, what? No. I didn't. I didn't hear anything. Just no. nothing going I, on. I, I tuned it out 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the voices? I don't hear the voices of Cooper and Anthony Show. So Looper.com put out a list of the most iconic TV couples of all time. Um, before I tell you their list, I'm kind of curious who you think. Like when I say iconic TV couple, I feel like first of all, the show has to be iconic. It can't just be any couple you like. Mm-hmm. You know, so who would you say is the most iconic TV couple of all time? Uh, Al and Peggy Bundy. Hey, that's a good one. Did I did I make it? Uh, I don't know. We'll see in a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I When I heard that, I immediately thought Ross and Rachel. But they're not like mom and dad. So I'm thinking more of like Peter and and. And Lois, Lois Griffin. Yeah. No, no, but it's it's iconic TV couple. It doesn't have to be a mom oh, and a dad. Just, okay, just a yeah, couple. just an iconic TV couple. Just just a you know, somebody who's I guess the criteria is a male and female who either you really like got invested in their relationship because mm. of the show and you cared about what happened to them, or you kind of like it was romantic watching them. Like I remember when I first met my now ex-husband we were watching Deadwood and the relationship that ensued between um Timothy Oliphant and you know whatever the actress's name who played his love interest mm-hmm. like we were really invested in that because I was totally in love with Timothy Oliphant and he was totally in love with the woman who played his love interest and every time they got together we were both like oh, 
oh, it's going to happen. Like we were so invested in that. Mm -hmm. So for us, that was iconic. But Deadwood wasn't really that iconic. So but on the other hand, I think like Game of Thrones didn't I don't think that made this list at all. People were really involved with Jon Snow and Egret, especially because he was Jon Snow, Kit Harrington, who's gorgeous. And she was a wilding, which was like this, you know, kind of fringe character on the show. Plus, she was gorgeous. And then in real life, they were a couple. Mm -hmm. So I think Jon Snow and Egret and Ross and Rachel, to me, that, that should be the, the two most, you know, the top of the list. But they have Lucy and Ricky from I Love Lucy. On the list or the number one? They don't have it in an order. They just made a list. Uh, Lucy and Ricky, yeah, I, because they were actually married in real life. Mm -hmm. And they stayed together a long time and you knew about their kid and you, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. But I think like, that's not our generation. Like I would never, that wouldn't even come to mind. Mm. You know, I don't think I've ever seen whatever the show, uh, the, I love Lucy. Yeah. I've seen it. I don't think I've seen a whole episode. Right. Uh, okay, so they do have Ross and Rachel is next on their list. So mm -hmm. that's good. I'm I'm glad that's there because I was that was listen, we still say things like I was on a break or, you know, lines from the from their relationship kind of made it into our world. And Chandler and Monica. Eh, well, we cared a little less about them. Huh. Uh, George and Louise, the Jeffersons. Yes. Moving on. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And they always fought, but they always loved each other at the end. Right, but right. They and always she, fought. Right. And she was a big personality and she was, you know, she was really aspirational for a lot of women because she was one of these women who did not let her man get away with much. Nothing. And I think she didn't let him get away with anything. Anything. <laughs> but on television in the 1970s and 1980s, that was a big deal. Like people don't see like Isabel Sanford playing Louise Jefferson. Um, we saw a lot of women in traditional roles where they were kind of like even like i love lucy you know she was in the end she was always like i'm sorry like she was an idiot kind of thing mm. not not louise jefferson she was always large and in charge you know so that was i think that's sort of iconic about her well if you look at good times look at the mom from good times she was a strong character florida florida was a very strong character in that show Right. She was probably the strongest character on that show. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Mike and Carol Brady from the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Iconic couple. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Very. They had six kids. And they always figured it out. Always. Mike had a plan all the time. I think what makes them not iconic in my mind is that it was a very surface relationship and a very surface show. You know, they never really got too deep. And I watched it like in reruns mm -hmm. like when I was like homesick as a kid. I, didn't, I obviously I wasn't old enough to watch it when it was, you know, really on television, but I've seen it. And the reason why I never really related to the Brady Bunch, even though, again, they have their iconic moments like out my nose and, you know, whatever. It, it was all very surface and all very superficial. And it was really hard to get into a show like that. So I wouldn't consider that couple iconic and they're not aspirational. I could care less about them. Mm hmm. Uh, Jim and Pam, The Office. Yes. Yes. If you were an Office fan, there was a lot of will they or won't they? Mm -hmm. You know, she was engaged to somebody else. You know, he went through his own little journey. They were always sort of flirting and you kind of knew they had a thing. And are they going to get together? Are they not? So 
I think that's what makes a couple iconic and exciting because you root for them, you know? So right. I think people rooted for, for Jim and Pam, uh, Kevin and Winnie, the wonder, wonder years. Don't yeah, think I've ever seen a whole episode of wonder years, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't either, but again, it wasn't a show for me, but, um, I think, you know, like the first kiss and the, crush and i think that stuff is very relatable mm-hmm. um oh as you said florida and james from good times yep. are next on the list yeah very strong female lead james still just a great actor uh when you go back and watch that show now because i'll flip it around and they'll be whatever that that network is that runs reruns all mm-hmm. the time and it it's a great show yeah, I loved that show. Yeah. Like that was one of those shows that like You can go back yeah. and watch that. You can go back and watch that one for sure. Yeah. Uh Homer and Marge Simpson. Yeah. Not a role model couple, but a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I think iconic because no matter what he did to one no matter what stupid thing that he got himself into, she still loved him. Mm-hmm. You know, she she is He was the her em- homie. That's right. She is the embodiment of unconditional love. And it's, you know, again, if you're looking at an aspirational couple, the idea that she loved him for who he was, she never tried to change him. Mm-hmm. You know, she accepted him for who he is. I mean, that's sort of I think that's part of like the iconography of these people. Um, let's see. How about Niles and Daphne from Frasier? No, I could care less about them. Let's just move past yeah, that. Who cares? Um they have Alice and Tasha from the L word. I didn't watch that. Did you? No. Uh, okay. Coach Taylor and Tammy from Friday Night Lights. Okay. That that was a good couple. Uh, Philip and Vivian from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes, Uncle Phil. And and Aunt Viv. Yep. Yeah, they they were iconic, definitely. Mm. Oh, okay. Bottom of the list: Monica and Chandler from Friends. So they did put that on there for you. Got it. Uh, Dwayne and Whitley from a different world that ran for like a season. That was the spinoff from the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch that. Did you watch no, that? No, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Uh, Carrie and Mr. Big, of course, from Sex in the City. That should have been your first. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. It's like Sex in the City when it was on the air. I was really into it. It was a really important show. I talked about it. I couldn't wait to get a new pair of Manolo Blahniks. The minute that show was over, it was like, it was like a, a boyfriend who broke up with me. I never, I never thought about it again. <laughs> Can you go back and watch it? Uh, I tried. I don't know. Yeah. Eh, not really. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do. And just like that, I don't know how that's gonna come out. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about David and Keith from Six Feet Under? Don't remember it to where I can't say really great TV couple. Yeah, I don't know if they're iconic. No. You know, I think they're throwing that in there because they they realize they don't have enough gay, gay couples couple. in here. But yeah, but they're they weren't gay iconic couples in the time they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, last but not least, Sam and Diane from Cheers. Yeah, but they broke up and got together and broke up, and I always thought of them breaking up and fighting than together. Yeah, I think again, I was too young to really get into that show in that way like i watched it but not i feel like you know when when you're older and you watch these shows you're more invested when you're young younger it's just you know something on until friends comes on <laughs> you know what i mean it's just something on tv until you have to go to bed just saying it's the cooper and anthony show you know 
I don't even know where to begin with this story. There's a story in the paper today that I thought was just fantastic on so many levels. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's a British woman. She's facing some jail time because she was allegedly caught. Now, was she caught? Was she not caught? We're not quite sure. We think she was caught. Allegedly, she was caught. She She wasn't caught allegedly having sex. She was allegedly caught. That's what the article says. So we're not sure if she was caught, but apparently she was in Dubai and she was having sex on a beach. This is my other favorite part of the article. It says the woman said to be 30 as if she's really 35, but she's only copping to 30. (laughs) (laughs) Was arrested after police officer reportedly reportedly twice found her having sex. Twice. Twice with a British man. Just some random British man. Now, again, is it the same British man both times? We don't know. We don't know. Um, now, this is, I love this part. She has reportedly been charged with making whoopee outside marriage. Uh-oh. That's illegal in Dubai? I guess it is. Um, also, indecent behavior in public, which I guess whoopee yeah. in public, yeah. Mm-hmm. Being drunk in public. Well, come on. You're not, you're not going to go have sex on a beach and be sober. You might. I doubt it. You could. And assaulting a police officer. That's my that. favorite part. So you're there in the middle of the whoopee. And the police officer allegedly catches you. Right. And what do you do? Not throw your claws on and go, oh, my God. You naked attack the police officer. <laughs> That's the best part. But now here's the weird thing. Because it's in Dubai, you could be jailed up to six years for you having get... sex on the beach? Yes. Not for drinking the drink, sex on the beach, for right. actually making the whoopee on, on the, the beach. beach. It's a fine. It's it's a jail time of 6 years. Really? Not 6 months, not 6 weeks, not slap on the wrist. 6 years in jail. And I'm betting it's not uh, a country club prison. <laughs> no, not in Dubai. The United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. Wow. 6 years, I can't believe it. Jail, well, he she told said, her she, once, no sex on the beach. Came back, sex on the beach again. What's he going to do? So does she, is she facing 12 years then if she did it twice? I don't know. They didn't say that part. They're just saying that the case is currently under investigation by the authorities in Dubai. Wow. Yeah. Sex on the beach. I feel like that's so pedestrian. Pff, who, who's, who hasn't had, who hasn't made whoopee on a beach? There's, there's way better places. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend six years in jail, you better be making whoopee someplace much more creative. Right on your boss's desk. Yeah, there you during go. During a conference call. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that. Now that gets you six years in jail. Right. If you're getting six years in jail, it better be something like that. On the hood of a of a car as it's pulling up to the While royal. Working. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the king of, of, of Dubai is in there. Right. And you're actually making Whoopi on his car as he's pulling up to his royal palace. That should get you six years. Well, that'll get you executed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. So, But you, know, have, you guys have never, I can't imagine either one of you ever making Whoopi any place public. Chad, you no. never, Chad, has Chad ever, can you picture Chad? Chad, where is the craziest place you ever had Whoopi? Come on, Chad. Chad? Don't just sit there.
there like that. Come on, Chad. Are you talking to me? Yes. I don't know. I can't hear you. <laughs> Has Chad gone to his happy place? <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot. We're talking about Whoopi. <laughs> Sorry, Chad's Chad. gone to his... Chad, Chad people really want to know. They truly want to know. They, they want to know... They can buy somebody... my book. <laughs> <laughs> somebody they listen to every night on the radio, they're really curious at some of the alternative things that you've done in your life. We'll have to wait for the TV movie of the week, I guess. Mm. Okay, so Chad, you go to your happy oh, place then. thank you. <laughs> uh, yep, Chad's off. There he goes. He's in the happy place. <laughs> We're talking well, about sex. He's got to go. I guess so. The Rainbow Connection. Are you happy now, Chad? Yeah, yes. he is. How about you, My Anthony? There's so many. Mm, I haven't had Whoopi yet. No? No. So those children, just immaculate conception? <laughs> yes. Still waiting on that. That's the creepiest thing. Can you imagine if not only did you have Whoopi in some really bizarre place, but you conceived a child and your kid asks, Mommy, Daddy, where were you? And you have to say, like... That's why your name's Woodstock, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your name's Starbucks, <laughs> <Right>. kid. <laughs> bon Jovi. <laughs> uh, um, so what's the weirdest place you've ever made Whoopi? Now, for this woman, it's on the beach and she's getting six years. You gotta do it right. Do you have a... Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> what's the weirdest place you've ever made Whoopi? 8776 Cooper is the number. Can you have, beat the beach? Can you beat the beach? Have you made Whoopi in a very unusual place? Do you remember what the really controversial answer was that somebody gave? Yes. Yes. We don't want that answer. <laughs> you, you, don't need, you don't need to flash it to me. Yeah, I know what it yeah, was. Everybody know knows what it was. What Everybody was it? knows. Yeah, we know. Yeah, Chad. we know. We all know, Chad. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See, he is listening. So, Chad. <laughs> so, Chad. Where's the weirdest place you ever had Whoopi? I would say on the uh, left side of the bed. Oh, <laughs> that's something. Wow. <laughs> now, that's a big deal because Chad sleeps on the right. So, the fact that he moved all the way to the left side he of the bed. rolled. That's. <laughs> And he was by himself. <laughs> That's how it usually happens. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you know no place? No, no. I'm still Seriously? virgin. Seriously? Still virgin. No, come on. You and your wife, when you were first dating, you didn't, you didn't decide to do something wacky in some weird place. Still a virgin. Okay. 50-yard line. Okay, get the Gastonia music. Gastonia Stadium. Get the music ready. Gastonia Stadium. You got the music ready for me? I, I got the music ready. Okay, let's go. Hit the music. So, Jay. Ah, stupid music. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Jay, what's the wackiest place you've ever made Whoopi? Well, I've got two of them, I like to think of. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of them is pretty close to your beach. One was pretty close to the beach. It was... um. In in the lake at a public swimming area. In a lake? Yes. I, I, I can't imagine how you can get things done in a lake. Were you standing? I was, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. God. <laughs> now we all have to picture it. Oh, now we all have to picture it. Oh, sorry. Now we have to, you know, go. Rainbow. Now we all have to go to our... <laughs> everybody go to your happy place. <laughs> and what was the second place, dare I ask? Uh, you, you might want to start the music again. Okay, everybody, everybody go to your happy place. <laughs> it, was under, it was under a train trestle 
and there was a train going overhead about three <gasps> feet above us. Wow, that's dangerous. Yeah, well, I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about how dangerous it was at the time. Yeah, got one thing on your mind at the time. I was I was 15, and there was less than one thing on my mind. Wow, oh, 15. Well, I, you know, if, if you're Congratulations. 15. Yeah, 15, wow. Yeah, well, uh, with, with the way things turned out with that one, uh, it would have been better if I hadn't. Right. <laughs> That's usually the case when you have sex at 15. Was what else is there Maine? To, what else is there to do in Maine? Right. Um, Once you had a, a bunch of seafood, then what else do you yeah, do? Yeah, you eat lobster, eat smuckers, and then what else is there right. to do? I've had my smuckers for the day. I don't know. I lived in Sydney. There wasn't even that much to do. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. What's that drink that you had? Moxie. Moxie. Yeah, once you Moxie. had Moxie, what uh-huh. else is there to do? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Moxie was an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I got Moxie. You want to come over? <laughs> hey, Chad. Hey, Chad. Yes? Okay. You know how you were just saying that we have to wait until your book comes out? Yeah. I got an email of a suggestion of the title of your book. Oh, no. Men are from Mars. Chad is from South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Me, myself, and Chad. (laughs) Now go back to keeping her highness's food ready. Yeah. Yeah, get the get the tofu bacon there, lackey. <laughs> okay, so what what's the weirdest place you've ever made whoopee? Eight seven seven six Cooper. Hello, anonymous. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I was in a rowboat on a lake. In a rowboat on a, now is this Mrs. J? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, in a rowboat on a lake, you didn't, and the, the boat didn't capsize. No, and it was here in North Carolina. <gasps> during the day or night? It was during the day. Wow! Oh, that's daring. Yeah, it was during the day, and it was around where a bunch of other people were fishing. Oh, <gasps> that absolutely beats the beach. <laughs> that's way yeah. If you're gonna get six years, that that'd be worth it. Yeah, it was it was near a dam where a bunch of other people had been fishing. <laughs> wow. And let's hope none of those people have binoculars that day. Well, I, I, you know, it didn't matter at the time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> when the mood hits you, that's how you roll. Wow. When the mood, when the mood strikes you, I guess you just do what you got to do. That's how, exactly. you, that's how you row. That's how you row. <laughs> that's how you row. Thank you, Chad. And the title of Chad's book is going to be Chad-tastic. <laughs> I like Men Are From Mars, Chad is From South Dakota. That's you brilliant. like that one? <laughs> Thank you. I, I like that one a lot. We'll have to get some more book titles for you then. Yeah. Um, actually, there's the topic. Um, okay, so hi, Kelly. Hey, how are you doing? Now, Kelly, yeah. where is the wackiest place you've ever made whoopee? Well, in my younger and more flexible days. <laughs> well, that's a given. About 13 years ago, um, mm-hmm. I was living in an RV traveling cross-country, mm-hmm. and it was on top of the RV. <laughs> <laughs> Did you lock yourself out? <laughs> no, it was just, we were camping in the middle of a field, and the mood struck. And <laughs> wow. So it was a very nice sunny day. <laughs> <gasps> it was during the day? Oh, yeah, and then, like, the crop duster planes and stuff used to fly over, like, the little Cessnas. <laughs> they got an eyeful that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They probably brought home a couple stories to the, the airport. <laughs> Too bad they don't have a horn, otherwise they'd have been like, beep, beep, to let you know they were there. You know they wanted to, you know, hello. Well, they b- buzz over you three feet above you, you know they right. were there. 
yeah. yeah that's with true. cameras wow. hanging out the side. Yeah. One of us could see them. The other one couldn't. <laughs> wow, that's too much. I don't want yeah, well, to know which one can see. I don't want to. <laughs> what does she mean by that, Cooper? I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. Chad, go to your happy place. Go to your happy place. Go to the left side. Go to the left <laughs> Just one per- I don't. I don't get it. Okay, I'll explain it to you during the commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the question we're asking is, what's the weirdest place you've ever made whoopee? Hey, Jake. Hi. Jake, you're the next contestant on weirdest place you've ever made whoopee. Okay. Uh, kind of a, a weird story. Um, a few years ago, I kind of got out of a, a rough relationship, and I'd kind of had a fling with a, a an older woman. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of late one night. We both worked at the same place, and we were trying to find a place to go. So in her car, which was a two-door vehicle, <gasps> we were behind. We went behind uh, a, a local drugstore, mm-hmm. and we parked behind there, and we kind of went at it some. And, well, two cop cars pulled up behind <laughs> And we get out, and we're in trouble and all that stuff, and they're talking to us like joking around laughing and stuff like that saying that, mm-hmm. that we could go get in trouble and stuff mm-hmm. and um they asked us if we went inside the store and this was way after the close they'd already closed right and of course we said no and they said well the reason why they came up there was because the indoor alarm had went off <gasps> so they it's not that they found you they just they came there for something else and they happened to get a little eyeful yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, cops must see that Did stuff you go to all jail? the time. What happened? No, no, they actually told us uh, that they were just going to let us off with a warning just to find a better place, not so public. <laughs> You're like, well, where should we park the car then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got the car. The That's all we station? got. Is that safe? <laughs> we thought behind the drugstore was pretty, pretty safe. Right. <laughs> Plus, protection was nearby. Can we park behind the police station? <laughs> That's good, Jake. That's really good. Thank you. Okay, get the cue up the music. Okay, we are playing What's the Weirdest Place You Have Ever Made Whoopee? 8776 Cooper John, you're the next contestant on Weirdest Place You've Ever Made Whoopee. In a subway station when I lived in Boston. No way! Absolutely. New Year's Eve. Whoa! <laughs> Everybody else was. <laughs> I guess you'd say we rung New Year's in with a bang. There had to be alcohol involved. Has to be. Oh, plenty of alcohol involved. Yeah, lots of alcohol involved. I had to stay warm. It was cold night. <laughs> hey! <laughs> now, it, wasn't, it wasn't for sex sake. It was, you were just trying to stay warm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in Boston's doing that now. Hey. Bastin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> okay, get the music. I got the music. Okay. We are playing What's the Weirdest Place You Have Ever Made? Whoopee. 8776 Cooper. Hey, Karen. Hi, Cooper. Now, Karen, I can't imagine you would ever make whoopee in any place other than, you know, indoors. <laughs> I was in a car. <laughs> moving down the highway. No. And my future in-laws were in the car in front of us. No. <laughs> and um, did Who they was not? Driving? What? Who was driving? He was. No. Wow. <laughs> You're a dirty girl. And did they not have a rearview mirror? 
you know, it was it was getting dark outside. It was after dinner. It was in the summer, so mm-hmm. it was you know probably eight thirty nine ish at night. So it was dark enough that you couldn't see. <laughs> Still, yeah, we did. And it was his father's car that we were driving. Oh, it was wow. a <laughs> <laughs> And then we did it again in his Vega station wagon. Sweet. And we had, we were, of course, it was in the 80s, so we were drinking. And right. Drinking, they did in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And his, our friends were in the back seat, and the one, the one guy, he said he fell asleep, and I was in the passenger side. He woke up, and then we were both in the same driver's side seat. Oh. And then he went back to sleep, and he woke up again, and I was back in the other seat. He thought he was hallucinating. <laughs> he thought he was hallucinating. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. He probably was hallucinating as well. <laughs> wow, Karen, that's daring. See, now we're going to have to explain that to Chad during break also. Chad doesn't understand how, it at How all. can you see to drive if that's going on? <laughs> yeah. I'll explain it to you, Chad. Yeah, explain it to him. Because I've, I, I've heard of certain <laughs> things going on, but... <laughs> Karen's, Not, uh, Karen is obviously very petite. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm five seven and no, I'm skinny, but tall. Uh, skinny, yeah, yeah, but yeah, skinny. skinny but tall. Yeah. Mm. Chad and I have and to give you applause. Yeah, well yeah. done, well done. I I give you applause. I'm too big for that sort of thing. Now I try. Teach a class. She should teach a class. Yoga. <laughs> Okay, the question we're asking is, what's the weirdest place you have ever made Whoopi? 8776 Cooper, if you've made Whoopi in some place better than on the beach. Hey, Charles. Hello. Charles, you can beat the beach, please. The beach is nothing. Oh, yeah, I could beat the beach easy. Okay, where? Halloween, where? Halloween night, graveyard, fresh grave. No! That's wrong. <gasps> oh, no. I don't mean somebody in it. I'm talking it's Doug and there ain't nobody in it yet. Oh, okay. Nobody in it. So it's not like you danced on somebody's grave. There was nobody in the grave. No, no, no. We didn't dance on one's grave. No. It was... had had to break the grave in before the man got put in it. Now, that place is kind of creepy. How is that hot? Something different. Something... The place we've never been. I mean, we've done it at uh, the the six-story roller coaster. (laughs) Uh, let's see, we've done it in the Ferris wheel. Wow. Someplace different, we've never done it. Now, that seems like one of those things where, like, a, a marriage therapist says to you, you know, go make Whoopi in an unusual place. <laughs> <laughs> be <laughs> adventurous. To, yeah, be adventurous. To, to save your marriage and to get your your sex well, life back on track. Well, that's an odd coincidence, though, because remember, Anthony, Sean Lee was just talking to us, and he said that was another word that he used for the bedroom, was the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, actually, this is all the graveyard, and he ain't got problems. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. No, actually, Sean Lee said, because um, we're saying what the weirdest place is, Sean, Sean says, if by weird you mean disturbing, then I guess I'd say at home in my bed with my wife. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That poor guy. I feel uh, so poor, bad for him. I know. Well, at least he gets some. Um, okay, so what is... Some what? <laughs> Some peace and quiet. Some peace and quiet <laughs> for three hours a night while I come to work. That, yeah. <laughs> he does have a girlfriend. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what they're doing and where they're doing it? Um, okay, so music, please. Sorry. Okay, so we are asking the question, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what's the weirdest place you've ever had? Whoopee! Well, I would have to say underneath the pool table with everybody walking around. No. no! 
looking <gasps> for me. <laughs> Jacqueline! Where's Jacqueline? What's that noise? What's that noise? Have anybody seen Jacqueline? Pretty much is what they were doing. <laughs> now, those are Jacqueline's pants over there, but Jacqueline's not in them. <laughs> I was about 15, and the pool table was in my mother's living room. <gasps> That's so daring. Are you alone? Jacqueline! <laughs> I can't imagine. How did you concentrate? Oh, it's easy. I just got used to toning all them out. Yeah, and I guess when you're 15, you don't need to concentrate. All you need to do is be 15. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a prerequisite. Thank you, Jacqueline. Okay, music. All right, hold on. Sorry. Okay, get the music ready. Okay, hey, Ian. Ian, what's the weirdest place you've ever made whoopee? Hey, how's it going? Good. Probably not as good as it's going for you. <laughs> the weirdest place I have would have at the uh, Knoxville Zoo. No! no! <laughs> Is that where your girlfriend was? <laughs> no. no. She, was a, she was a real animal. I don't know where this call's going. I think it's weird. <laughs> we walked in there and we saw, um, first we saw a part of the elephant we had never seen before. <laughs> right. It was like turning on a fire hose, I can tell you that. Uh-huh. And then um, later we walked by the turtle tank, and I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but... That's awfully difficult for some turtles to be doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those turtles get it's to be... It's yeah. all about balance. Oh. Yeah, with those shells there. <laughs> and so finally we settled down around the uh, tiger cage there and mm. um, enjoyed ourselves a little bit with a couple of people walking up. So we had to, you know, rush the job. But uh-huh, right. <laughs> everything came out okay. So it worked out good. Interesting. And the tigers had quite a story to tell the next day. Oh, yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> the tigers were like, hey, monkeys, monkeys, you're never going to believe what we saw. What'd you see? What'd you see? Because you know that's how monkeys talk. What'd you see? What'd you see? <laughs> that's how monkeys talk. <laughs> okay, music. Okay, go. now, Anne, what's the weirdest place you've ever made whoopee? Hello, Cooper. Hi, uh, Ann. The place I have made Whoopi is the ultimate place for peace and quiet. It was in a Charlotte library. <gasps> How on earth did you get away with something like that? Well, I dated a librarian. And no, you did said, not. Yes, I did. And he <laughs> said, you want it? And I said, sure. So we went by the library after hours, and it was great. So uh, when I'm walking around the library picking up books, uh, that's what went on around the stacks. No, we were actually in the break room. Oh, okay, that's a little yeah. bit better. Yeah, okay. but they had a copy of the Kama Sutra open on the table. <laughs> I was going to ask what section it was. Yeah. <laughs> open up the no, Joy of Sex. It. <laughs> that's it, that's it, the Joy of Sex. Yeah, try that. What's, what's that position? Try that one. Ah, stop it. What? <laughs> That's what they did. Okay. The question we're asking Sarah is, what's the weirdest place you've ever made whoopee? The number's 8776-COOPER. If you'd like to play the game. Sarah. Sarah. Uh, yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. Are you here? Yeah. Now, Sarah, Sarah, you have to be very talented. <laughs> well, it wasn't automatic. Uh, yes, in a car while he was driving. <gasps> Unbelievable. I got to tell you, Karen called early and said the same thing while he's driving. I'm impressed with that. I got to tell you, well done. 
Yeah. Well done. I don't know. I, I, gotta t- I don't know how you work that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm very careful. <laughs> <laughs> More than once? Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just, you know, a couple of long road trips. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep yourself occupied to not fall asleep while you're driving. And <laughs> yeah, listen what? to the radio or something. Was this on the radio at the time? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't really remember. To be honest. <laughs> it would have to be. Baby, this song came on and he went, "How you doing? How you doing, Sarah? Hey, why don't you come over here? Why I don't got, you come over here? I got cruise. <laughs> I got cruise control." <laughs> When Sarah goes on a date, that's the first thing she asks the guy. Do you have cruise control? Yeah. If he says no, he's like, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't date you. It's not going to work out. How you doing? It's just not going to work out. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. It's such a good song. I We can't stop playing it. Hold on. We'll, we'll turn it off in a second. Okay. Bring back all kinds of memories yeah, for her. I know. I love that song. Okay. Music, please. Okay. Okay. Now, Barry. Barry, what's the weirdest place you've ever made? Whoopee. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good, not as good as you, I think. Uh, well, I, I've been quite adventurous. I mean, the beach is just so cliche anymore, and, and the driving, yeah. I've been, but I, I had a bunch. I narrowed it down to some of my most favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> the best of. I'm, I'm I'm here in Charlotte, and and you know one was in the on the square, one of the the, the, the tall buildings there at night in the conference room, up against the window, lights on. Unless someone was in one of the other big buildings next to us, you couldn't see us. But wow, uh, that's pretty interesting. Also, again in Charlotte, uh, where Woodlawn passes over 77, uh-huh. we went down underneath Woodlawn on the the thing they are watching the traffic go by. <gasps> the overpass? On the overpass? Yeah, under under the uh, under the under overpass. Wow, wow. that's so terrible. Oh, I gotta applaud that. Yeah, that's well, yeah. that's well oh, done. Uh, and then in Myrtle Beach, uh, we were at a putt putt, and uh, it was a slow day. And going through one of the tunnels, we just took a little extra time there. <laughs> you might have a problem. Well, we, is this traffic? No, Anthony, this traffic. What's he going to do? Yeah. And then going back later that night after it was closed, it's up on the hill. There's a big giraffe, and mm-hmm. we were up in there watching you know people in traffic go by. Mm-hmm. I, I think my all-time favorite is again on the square trade and try on where yeah. they've got all the you know they've got all the water things. Yeah. One of the buildings has a waterfall where there's a door back behind there. Right. And we slipped in through the waterfall, right behind the waterfall in front of that door. We did this on a rainy night, so lots of people were wet, so when we came out all wet, nobody really... Nobody, nobody went, why are they wet? Oh, my God, that's daring. It was very exciting. Yeah, I think I'm with, I'm with Anthony. You might have a problem. <laughs> you, you, have, you, you have to see a professional about that. Fun. <laughs> see, it's fun. Was it all with the same girl? Uh, no. No, how could wow. it be? It's over the course of several of several years. Yeah, uh, there were two of those, out of those five, two were with, um, there was one with, uh, one with a different girl, another with a different girl, and then three with the same girl. 
That's good that you found a girl who was daring and adventurous, you too. You need to write a book. Yeah, really. Teach a class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah, I got to tell you, if, if your marriage is stale, listen to Barry. He could tell you. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're playing What's the Weirdest Place You Have Ever Made Whoopee? 8776 Cooper is the number. Next contestant up is Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Now, Debbie. Yes. Now, Debbie, you can you can beat somebody just making love on the beach. I mean, please. Yeah, my my strangest was in the walk-in in a convenience store. A walk-in cooler in a convenience store? Did you at least work there? Hello. Hi. Yeah. Lost oh, we lost you. Oh, oh. sorry. Oh, yeah. that was a good story. I want to hear the rest of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Hi, SD. Hey, what was that other guy trying to do? Take all the action and stuff? It looks like it. He took all the... And that's the weird thing, because now, no matter where you go, if you live in the Charlotte area, no matter where you go in Charlotte, you've got a second guess everywhere you've been and been like, was he here? I'm Has serious. he been here? He's, what about here? Um, I'm going to look oh, at the waterfall tomorrow. Frankly, I don't think I want to sit on this chair anymore. <laughs> yeah, even on your uh, airport across the Atlantic Ocean, 30,000 feet. <laughs> <gasps> really? I was in the Army coming back from Germany, me and this other soldier. Uh-huh. So we just got friendly. We started talking, and he said, well, let's go to the bathroom. Well, why not? We got time. <laughs> I didn't see. I got to tell you, I didn't realize that you get the the mile that mile high club as a soldier. I figured that's just for us pedestrians in you know an American no, it Airlines. Matter. I didn't oh, realize. No, no, no. Oh. This, is, this is on the Latanza flight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's really daring. So it was funny. So when we came out the bathroom, he went. He left before I did. Mm. Then I came out and. People act like they didn't know what was going on. Was like, <laughs> they figured they're soldiers. They're up to something very important. Yeah, so we sat back in the plane and ordered another drink. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing government work in there. There's government work going on in there. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> we are talking about the weirdest place you have ever made. Whoopee! 8776 Cooper is the number. Hello, Heather. Hi. Now, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 go ahead. You tell us what's the weirdest place. Um, I had sex in the hospital. <laughs> no, now, you, how? I mean, obviously there's beds, but, you know, with who and where and what happened? Um, well, it was my college boyfriend. I guess we were, like, it was our, our freshman year of college and we were both home. And he had to get his tonsils taken out. And it was like at 12 o'clock at night, I just came to visit him. And it just kind of happened. I don't really know. The door was shut. Yeah, you're supposed to really just bring ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it cool in that bed, though? Because you can move the bed. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I can't really remember. It was a while ago. <laughs> wow, good for you. That's daring. <laughs> it was fun. It was adventurous. <laughs> I'm guessing he had a single room. Was there a roommate on the other side? Uh, no, he definitely didn't have a roommate. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that would Good be even too far for me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Heather. Wow. Okay, we are playing. Hold on. Got to cue it back up again. I know. We are playing What is the Weirdest Place You've Ever Made Whoopee? 8776 Cooper is the number. If there's a place you've had whoopee and it's very unusual. Worse than the, weirder than the beach. Hello, Kim. Hi. 
Hi, how are you guys? Now, Kim, you're such a sweet girl. I can't imagine that you would do something so unusual. Oh, but I did. No, no where? Oh, no. <laughs> it was a it was a one stall restroom in a bar. So of course we're in this restroom and the line is just growing and there's knocks on the door and eventually we come out and there's the two of us. And they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> And they didn't think that you were sharing lipstick or anything. They just they they just figured, you know. No lipstick sharing, Cooper. Okay, because, you, know, you know, who knows? Who knows where lipstick ends up in that situation? <laughs> Good for you, Kim. I think yeah, that's one of those. Great. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things. You get to a point in your life when you don't do that stuff anymore. You want to look back and be like, you know what? I, I did it and I'm proud. I did it and I'm proud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good for you, girl. Okay, what is the weirdest place you've ever made? Whoopee! 8776 Cooper. Hello, Ned. Hello. <laughs> hey, Ned. I did it in a car wash during the Fourth of July fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> as the car wash was going through, as you were going through the car wash. Yes. Got in and it was ringing it, so we decided to park there, and it just worked just right. It was kind of dim, <laughs> and I got a pickup truck, and we just was in the back of the pickup truck. Wow! You got you got to make talent. it happen fast. You got to do it fast. Yeah, that's talent. Yeah, you have like a minute and a half while it goes through the thing. <laughs> yeah, you got to time that out right. <laughs> you got to really make sure you time that. <laughs> well. Done before the hot wax. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, it's smart because afterwards they give you a towel, so it's really clever. <laughs> That's a good place. <laughs> There's your song, Ned. Um, okay, so we are asking. No. Hold on, I got two people. Okay, there okay, we go. Good. We are asking. Now, Carl, what's the weirdest place you've ever made? Whoopee. Well, I was over in Columbus one night, and me and a gal, we kind of was over there at that uh, one tower over there with the elevators on the outside of the building. Kind of going up the building there, going up the elevator, dressed her up against the glass there, and we just kind of had her had shift dress on, and like, yeah, heck, we're the only ones on the elevator. It's like, well, hell, why not? Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> that's really daring, because that could have stopped on any floor. Anybody could have walked in. That That's impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we went up and uh, had dinner, then uh, left there, and then went uh, down to the airport and kind of... Walked around the airport and uh, stopped at the, one of them phone booths there, and I sat down. She just kind of sat down on my lap. And, oh, right. Wow. Yeah. That was quite a night. Aerosmith song come to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just a song, Carl. It wasn't really something they were instructing you to do. Yeah, like you've never been in an elevator with, with your wife again. <laughs> yeah, it's a song, not an instruction manual. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're asking the question... Stupid thing. I can't. I gotta run two it's different things. It's the Hoochie Berg. I know it's the Hoochie Berg. The Hoochie Berg and the thing at the same time. Yeah. Well, who tells you to work both Hoochie Bergs? <laughs> You're a one Hoochie Berg man. Okay. Okay. All right. What? Where is the weirdest place you've ever made? Whoopee! Eight seven seven six Cooper is the number. If you have a place that you've made Whoopee that is unusual and weirder than the beach, frankly. Right. Hey, Vic. Uh, yeah. Am I on? You're on, Vic. You are on, baby. Okay. Okay, well, Mile High Club a number of times, but I think the most spectacular time was back in the 80s. Mm. Uh, it was uh, a large 727 aircraft. Uh, it, was, it was Eastern Airlines <laughs> over the left wing. 
was, I was, yes, I was being, it was daylight, it was January, and it's amazing what you can do with coats. So I was being served. <laughs> with coats. Uh, <laughs> in front of me, people behind me, but there was nobody to our side. Oh, yeah, you, you lucked lady. out. Yeah. So, you know, when you're younger, you do crazy things, and uh, it's something I would never forget. And, it's, you know, this is why Eastern Airlines went under. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing very well until Vic decided to become a passenger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we were right there at the left wing during the January back in the 80s. Wow. Talk about frequent flyer miles. Yeah.